0: Hello and welcome to another episode here at Bottled Up. Now, I know we are all so accustomed to Sunny's booming voice uh, that greets everyone's ears uh, as we introduce our new guest in our new episode and with our background music accompanying his voice and how that ties together very sort of symbiotically, if that's the right word. Um, but, but today's episode is a little bit different. Now, Sunny and I, we, we spoke about 20 minutes ago on how we should introduce this guest and because he's not quite active on social media and i I don't think based on our kind of our instagram posts and our facebook posts that you could really put a face to the name like we normally do and perhaps for a bit of context um sunny chanced upon our guest paul ternandes uh during a steam and sauna session at the local gym now for those of you who have ever been inside a steam and sauna, for some reason, I don't know why, it's it's so easy to delve into some very deep and meaningful conversations with random people. Now, I don't know whether it's the fact that it's a hot and steamy room and you've and you're already half naked, so all of the the barriers to a deep and meaningful conversation are kind of removed. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the case, but um they they met and um Probably also worth mentioning, I don't really want to pump up his ties too much here, but Sonny has this incredible ability. He has this incredible ability to have a deep and meaningful connection with anyone that he meets, and he's very good at forming that connection, and he listened and heard Paul's story and and posited the idea. He posited the question as to whether he'd like to come onto the podcast, and how fortunate are we that Paul agreed to come and share his story? It's it's an intense one. I mean, he's been through so much in his life and unfortunately, uh, just a month back, uh, Paul was diagnosed with cancer, um, and he will he actually went underwent operation on the day after our recording. And and what made this conversation I think so unique and special was that we caught him at a very interesting bridge in his life where he was post-diagnosis but also pre-operation and recovery process. And it really gave Sunny and I a really interesting and unique opportunity. An opportunity to potentially ask some really deep and poignant questions around what his life purpose was, his philosophy on life, and what he'd potentially do differently if the operation went well. And despite all the uncertainty, despite all the uncertainty surrounding Paul's future, Paul was comfortable enough. He was comfortable enough to for us to enter his circle, enter his uncertainty, and have that conversation. And for that sonny and i are forever grateful um for the time that we spent together with paul but what struck Sunny and i so poignantly and so clearly was how deep and reflective and introspective his thoughts were and his ability to articulate his own mental state in at various at various different points in his life you can tell that he's done a lot of thinking about this and perhaps this actually speaks to another port another portion of his life when when he did suffer from depression and it almost came to a point, unfortunately, where he almost took his own life, um, and it was difficult to hear. I mean, it was difficult to hear that that part of Paul's story. Um, and we're, but again, we're incredibly thankful that he did share this. Um, and one of his reflection points that's really stuck with Sonny and I was when he when he mentioned that along his journey, there was a point where he did ask for death, and there was a point where he did wish for death, um, but. But now that he's happy, and now that he's finally found peace, and finally found um, that his mentality is in a very good and stable place, um, that that wish that he once had has now been granted by some higher force um, with this cancer diagnosis. And um, so, trigger warning to all of our listeners that this podcast does go through some themes of suicidality. So, if there is if this does bring up certain things in your own experiences, please do don't feel obliged to listen to this episode in its entirety. Now that being said, this conversation is really meant to be a celebration. It's meant to be a celebration of Paul and his willingness to share his story and have this conversation. Because Sonny and I, we of the belief that there needs to be more of these conversations. And as such, we've kept this episode completely unedited. So if you hear us stammering or struggling for words, we do apologize, but we wanted to keep this as authentic and as original as possible and to show how we handled this conversation, but more importantly, how Paul decided to share his story. So without further ado, here's Paul.
1: <laughs> There's a, uh, uh, <clears throat> and Paul, uh, Mang is uh, the other co-host, I don't know if you guys have had the chance to intro each other, but Mang's currently abroad in the UK at the moment, so he's from Melbourne, he's a Melbourne boy, and um, trying to find um, uh, trying to find himself uh, <laughs> over in the UK. <laughs> At the moment as yeah, they say. no, I'm
0: in the UK, Paul. Um yeah and uh yeah Sunday told me some really good things. I actually gymed at uh, Good Life. Is it you still uh, was it a good life in Montana yeah, yeah, yeah. or was it, the, um, yeah. Yeah. was it the um was it the box hill
2: one? No, it's a good life in one it's a community sort of one, it's a good hub there.
0: Yeah. Well I, I used to play I used to make use of the um the indoor tennis courts and the uh the basketball ring. Okay. Um yeah, I really, yeah, really really yeah. liked it. And also love <laughs> a steam and a sauna. I lot li- literally live for a steam and a sauna. I love it. so that's where all this uh <laughs> this is where the Congress met. That's where the Congress met. <laughs> Yeah. So how did it yeah. how, how did it start? Well, I mean like I, I love um I love I love Steam and Saunas because like but for some reason when you enter a steam and sauna you just happen to just you're already connected to someone else who's already half naked. So it's, it's a really nice, it's, it's a really nice sort of connection you can have. Um, And I always have the yeah. deepest chats in this one with like, with completely like people, the people who I haven't really, um I haven't really met before. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's because the, the sauna, as soon as you get into a sauna, you've always, you've got this, this um tendency inside your mind to know that it's a part of, it's a relaxation process. So you can, mm-hmm. Everyone's feeling the mm-hmm. same effects of what the actual sauna's delivering. So you can delve into things that you normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It sort of sedates you, but at the same time, not sedates you. It makes you feel more composed, like everything else is ajar to that. So that's how we mm-hmm. sort of met. We, I, I overheard his conversation. Mm-hmm. I never knew Sonny at all, but once I heard what he was talking about, my ears pricked up and caught on, which you do in a sauna. I mean, it's like a bunker at the end of the day. Yeah. And once I caught on to that, yeah. I thought, well, you know, <laughs> it just gives yeah. me food for thought. Like I should just, just jump into this. And I just barged in and asked him what, what exactly yeah. this is about. And that's yeah. how it all came to yeah. be. And yeah. here we are. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. We're, we're talking about like, pers- I mean, they were talking about not personal issues, yeah. but the issue of mental health, mm-hmm. which affects a lot of people mm-hmm. now. Yeah. It's become mainstream. Before it was like um, a taboo thing. Let's not talk about that. You've got to be strong and wear your breastplate of armor, show everyone you're, you know, you're strong mm-hmm. enough to deal yeah. with things. But it's a lot deeper than that. Yeah, This is an unseen ghost that lives inside you and, and you have to carry it every day and just learn to live with it and manage it. Because if you don't manage it and mm. accept it, for you've got to accept it first of mm, all. Yeah. That's the only way you can really deal with it, by accepting it and let it play its role. But it's like an invisible force that consumes you at times and holds you. And once it holds you, it's yeah. very hard to get out of its stronghold. Um, you walk with it, you sleep with it, you live with it, you breathe yeah. with it. Ugh, it's there all the time. But you do get reprieve from it as well. Thank God, there's there's mechanisms that have been put in place that help to sort of overcome facets of it. But I can I can honestly say you'll never. I can honestly say, and it's it's very bad to say. No, I'm saying on my end. Yeah. I can't see myself ever getting over it. It's like mm. it's it's too it's embedded. You know, when something's embedded inside your head, and and you just you've learned to live. It's, it's become part of you. It's attached to you. So even when you get those really euphoric moments of happiness, they 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 tend to just they're fleeting and they're very foreign. So you, you're almost in shock to be elated by something or happy, you know? So, and then you start questioning yourself, like, what's the purpose of being here? If I'm being tormented every day, and I can't get over yeah. that torment, then why, why am I here? Like, what's the use?
1: Yeah. And you start getting into that. And, and yeah, And um, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly glad uh, you and I got to meet Paul. And actually, the person that I was in the sauna with, the guy called Himmel, has actually also been on the podcast as well. He's a ah. He's a wonderful, was there. Uh, Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it was with it was with him. He was a, uh, he's a wonderful he's a wonderful guy. Uh, and Paul, this is actually a, quite a unique podcast because normally Mank and I are always are um, not always actually. So there's been odd, odd circumstances, but um, uh, where we chat to the guests, we know a little bit about the guests uh, beforehand, and we use that as a starting point to ask some of the questions. But this one's quite unique because Mank and I both, um, I guess I've gotten the chance to know you a little bit uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, We've been exchanging some awesome messages um, between each other. And uh, I'm personally particularly keen just to hear about your life and your story. Um, for For us, it bottled up a big part of our recordings is storytelling and and getting to know the other person and of course mental health is definitely a core purpose of that conversation so um i know that's been something that you've been going through you've you've seen it happen with people around you as well and um i'm completely with you in terms of it's the invisible ghost um that doesn't give you that sense of reprieve and i i i know when i'm kind of um i would say i'm probably in, in a similar place at the moment where i'm feeling quite overwhelmed and um maybe mentally in a in a pretty subpar okay spot um those happiness moments definitely come by fleeting and it's very abnormal to be feeling those things and so um I wanted to ask you just, just to set the scene, get to know you a little bit more, um, people that are listening. Um, you A know, bit of an intro uh, yeah. to yourself. You know, what, what was your upbringing like, your, your background? Um, you definitely, I know you definitely put um, your heart and soul into your workouts <laughs> when you are working out, so. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just for yeah. those listening in. Uh,
2: my upbringing was pretty good, I, I would have to say. I, I never lacked for anything. But also, um, uh, I was a bit of a, I was a wild child. I was an eighties kid, like so. Let's say the halcyon days of my life were the eighties, yeah. where everything became revolutionised. You know, everything became more kosher, Let's call it. And having said that, you know, um, a lot of things were introduced, like graffiti had come out. This is what I got into: graffiti, breaking, hip hop, all that scene. So I was pretty um into that for a lot of years. And um, eventually from that, you get to meet people and people lead you to this side and that side. And you end up doing a few things that lead astray and, you know, like substance abuse. And just, it starts off all like, it's all great. The party's good at the beginning until the party becomes too, um, when you overindulge in something, you know, and you can't sort of pull away from overindulging what tends to happen, you end up going down a very dark hole. And But in terms of growing up, I was a very active Mm. kid. I was very hyperactive, actually. My my parents were old school, so it was very hard for them to understand, you know, that why is he like this? I was different. I was the type (laughs) of kid that actually would do silly things where, your dad would frown upon you and yeah. you wouldn't care. You knew you'd cop it. You knew you were coming in for a heartbeat after what you've done to embarrass him, but you'd still do it. <laughs> yeah, it that just freedom. became like, yeah, I know, it was habitual. Yeah, I don't know, was I provoking him or I don't know what it was, but but I also carried a lot of complexities growing up as well because I was very short. Um, So I always had this fear factor inside me, like because I was short not up to the standard of growth of other kids, I always felt like, you know, um, I felt very afraid. I think fear played a big part in my life growing up, you know, um, I think it was an underlining current of um, what's become now, because I think what it is, the things that we we find complex about ourselves that others may not see, but we see, and we tend to ponder on and we tend mm. to just, what do you mean? Uh, we study it. Like, look at me, look at this, look at that. Nothing's perfect in my head, but everyone else is seeing mm. it different. Oh, this guy's great, he's bubbly, is this and, that. and Then when you're alone and you're looking at the walls and you're sort of um, psychoanalyzing yourself, which I think I tend to do a lot. Mm. Yeah, it, it ends up mm. like yeah. to what it's become today. Like, that's how it yeah. was. We put masks on, you know, like at a party, you yeah. can't go and start being a downer, yeah. can you? Because no one's going to invite you to that party. Yeah. It's a mask mm. you're wearing. It's just, it's a facade. You live a mm. facade, mm. but you go home and live the truth,
0: which yeah. is really
2: happening. And then you question yourself. Like, I'm I playing. Mm. We're all actors. We're acting right now. Mm. We don't know each other, so it's an act. Mm. You know, like, mm. you know, how they used to say, clean up wow. your act, because we're all acting. Like I couldn't say, now do you go get effed mm. or this and that, could I? Because that wouldn't be, that's not a social thing to do. That's not the right moral to have. We know how to be. So what we've been, we've mm. reformed in a way of acting, like acting in our certain ways. And that's what it is. We play a certain role of who we are and we've mm. attained ourselves to that role yeah. and playing that role on a, you know, mm. on an everyday basis. Yeah, yeah. behind closed doors, we're totally different people. We ponder on our thoughts. I know I'm ranting into different dimensions now. Like you asked to give me a bit of feedback on your past, but I'm just going sort of the source of of everything, you know. Like there's been so many times where I I haven't valued my life enough like other people. I've taken it for granted. Like there's been times where I've wanted to die. And now I've got cancer. So maybe God's saying to me, well, yeah. let's see if you really want to die. Do you really mm-hmm. want to die? Do you really want to be alive? Like how much are you going to want mm-hmm. to be alive now that you've got this illness that you've asked for? You've wanted to die so many times. So let's see, do you really, are you really wanting to die? Are you mm-hmm. Are you wanting to live? and understand what life's purpose is about, and that is to fight on mm, and to keep yeah. striving. Yeah, um,
0: thank you so much for sharing that, Paul. I th- I, I feel like I've got the sense of connection with you already, even the fact that we only met about, what, what yeah. t- 10, 15 minutes ago? 5, 10. It felt really um, nice for you, to, for you to share that. Um, and you spoke there around sort of those complexities and, you know, around the complexities that you had kind of growing up. And then I was sort of thinking about this idea of nature versus nurture. I mean, was it something that you think that was within your personality that sort of built these complexities in your life? Or was it something that sort of, was it your external environment that kind of shaped the way that you built those complexities into your life?
2: I think it was the external environment. Um, And it was also... Yeah, like like I was. Let's just say my height. I was very short as a kid. Very short. Like, very way under height. Like, say I looked great too when I was in year seven. That for that example, right now uh, to look great too and to be the height of what I was, and you're going into high school and it's like going into a prison. You're thinking. You're getting these daunting thoughts. What's it going to be like? What are they going to go? They're going to be giving it to me. This and that actually people became fond of me they found me cute you know like i love this guy I was very popular with the women so all the things that i harbored even then the the fear factors were just it was an illusion Mm. in my head so the surrounding what i thought was the surrounding in that i made i exacerbated that Mm. i made it bigger because i was the one that was paranoid about it but being so young you don't know see when you're very young your 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 mind is still a virgin mind it's developing so you you're sort of not honed into depression and all that as you get wiser and the years become more you start to have a philosophical sense of life so you analyze things differently you see things differently your experiences are different and then you have the the option of making mm. decisions. And I reckon I made a lot of the wrong decisions because of my insecurities and, you know, lack of confidence, let's call it. And from what stemmed from what, how I grew up, the complexities yeah. and all that. And that was it.
1: That's how it began. Yeah. And, and, Paul, do you reckon, um, you know, just before we touch on, you know, everything that's kind of happening in your life today growing up you know as you look back do you feel like you've picked up a lot of traits from your father or mother or, or both
2: um yeah definitely i've definitely picked up traits from my father and i've got definite definite traits from my mother um my father was um he was a uh, he was a look he was my father so in all respect he's my father but my father wasn't the type of man that really wanted to be a family man sort of thing like he never cheated on my mum and that but he was like say you're married but you still want to have your freedom so he wasn't really connected Mm. to us like in that sense he was more strict like when things hit the fan he'd lash out and that created fear yeah. He was a, he could be a tyrant, but I loved him. Yeah. I still love him, he, like his past now. But yeah. yeah, I went through a lot of experiences with my father that weren't yeah. the best experiences. Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't his fault, mm. let me tell you. It was my fault mm. as much mm. as
1: maybe it was his fault. Mm. You know, I can't blame There's no mm. blame game here. It's, it and, is what it and is. And you look at it, even yeah. um, sometimes, yeah. like, the positive aspects like are there are there any things that you are really thankful for today that you've picked up from either mum or dad because the reason i asked that question is because a lot of what can explain who we are today um is because of how they've raised us in the first five years um there's a term i came across the other day called complex ptsd and we all hold some form of complex ptsd which is basically um what's been passed on from our parents um growing up so if they haven't you know effectively sorted out their shit when they've given birth then that will obviously flow down in the same way a lot of positive attributes will also flow flow down as well so sometimes it can be very easy to pinpoint the the not so great Mm. things but i wanted to use this moment to also celebrate sort of the great moments as well if if there were any um sort of traits that you you look back at and you're like i'm quite thankful for um you know mom Mm. or dad passing me on those traits
2: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I definitely,
1: good. Uh,
2: yeah, very. Um, very, like I'm a very kind person. I'm extremely yeah. giving, extremely. Like I would give you yeah. anything. Even my car. If you asked for my car, I would, I would mm. consider it. We. I mean, I'd have to. It's not yeah. rational thinking, but I'm the type of person that thinks, "Well, oh, mm. just have it, have it, take it, yeah. whatever you want, yeah. take." Mm. I love it, but have it, Mm. it's yours. Like, is that how much you want it? Always giving, Um, very kind to people, especially the underdog, I've always, because I'm an underdog in terms of life, I've always helped people who have been in in dire straits, like, you know, um, given money, wherever. If I see someone in a bad way, I'll always help, always. Yeah, I can relate to the underdog because the underdog Mm -hmm. is more honest. The one we're all underdogs. Even the overachievers are still underdogs, but they play a different role in their head. But still, they they've got their own like um you know problems. I know everyone's got a problem in this world because if it wasn't it would it be perfect then if wouldn't it didn't. if we didn't have every single person is faced with a reality that they have to yeah. battle whether you have everything or you don't mm. have nothing yeah yeah that's how i look at it every person but they won't come out and tell you the pride's always the the forbidding factor i can't let my, my guard yeah. down you know yeah. what i mean mm. um you can, mate. You bleed like everyone. Your colours red inside you, like mine. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's just it's weird. It's and I think things in this day and age, you're just going to get. Wor- um, it's it's probably the worst thing to say a negative thing, but they're only mm-hmm. getting worse now. Things are getting worse with technology, and you'd think things would be getting better, mm-hmm. but they're not. They're not it's just this is a good thing because we're sharing things mm. that are real now finally mm. um we've become more open with topics we used to hide we're letting it out that's a that's a tick but i can see that the world has an impact on me when i see the state of it at the moment like look what's happening around us if you really look into the real news it's mm. it's freaky yeah think we were in a lockdown for two years yeah basically for two years of our lives they had us you know restrained at home that's unheard of Mm -hmm. but it happened we've experienced that but others have experienced Mm -hmm. way worse but for what we know and have taken for granted that to us was like being in a famine you know where other countries don't have to eat we were put in a way where we Mm -hmm. were jeopardized
0: from a luxury of freedom let's
2: call it yeah you know absolutely
0: I guess this. Uh, what comes across in your in your responses here is is it how incredibly articulate you are, and how incredibly um, deep and thoughtful um, all of your kind of responses have, have have been up to this point. Did you did this come from particular from from a particular person in your family as well? Did this come from your mom, dad, older brother, or was it was this something sort of innate within yourself? No, no, no. It just came from me. Mm. I just
2: thought, you know what? I I always look well, like, I just say it how it
0: is. Mm. Like if
2: people don't like me who chairs, mm. I mean, if they like me, which I've got a lot of friends that do like me, but I just take it, say it how it is. My brother's more, um, he's more sheltered. He's more mm. introverted. I'm extrovert. I'll just say, it. yep, this is how I'm feeling. If I can't lie, you know, mm. I'll joke around about it, but it's really how I'm feeling. Um, my brother was younger than me. Mm. He was, he's, um, he was more success driven. Like he's got a good job and all that, yeah. which I applaud. I've never been jealous of, of that. I actually look up to my little brother and he's my younger brother. Yeah. And he looks up to me. I don't know what he looks up to, but he looks up to me. Like I've done something grand, which I haven't, but to him I have. So it's sort of, he, he understands, you know, it's um what I've been through. And he hasn't really been safe through what I've been through, but I'm sure he's not as open. He wouldn't be talking like this yeah i'm just i just say it how it should
1: be said this yeah. is how we should be talking yeah mm. yeah i agree it's no point. It's yeah. Yeah. i'm just saying it how it is yeah. like how i feel mm. i i respect that about you paul because i think sometimes in this world that we always embellish what we say with a lot of um bells and whistles and i think um what i admire about you is you say it as it is um mm. you're still still very complex and nuanced in the way you describe what's going through your life and how you're thinking but I appreciate your sort of forwardness because I think, yeah, in in this world, you don't I think get that these days. Ha- yeah, and we're having to be so like on our toes as well, man. Like I completely mm. agree. Like um, with what we say, like I know I definitely am. I'm I'm sometimes getting confused with what's going on in the media and what's going on in the world, and that kind of puts me on my toes with oh, you know, ten years ago this was okay, and today this is not okay. Um, which is fine. I've still got a sense of consciousness on um, what's right and what's wrong because I'm hopefully values-driven in my approach and the way I speak, but it's hard to think that that still can't, like, yeah, like it can still catch you off guard. And, um, yeah, so I I just wanted to take that moment to appreciate that about you, Paul. I I really admire that. And um, I wanted to maybe shift the conversation to um, maybe a different topic You you mentioned to me just the other day, and you've talked about it um, maybe about ten minutes ago, um, your diagnosis with cancer, um, and also mentioning how, you know, it was something that you were afraid or maybe uh, you held back sharing that with me as well. Um, but I just if if you are okay with me kind of probing and asking you, um, what yeah, when when did you hear about the diagnosis and um. Yeah, I'm I'm keen just to know this. It's a very broad question, but you know, uh, what happened was what's going what's going through your mind, and and when did you hear about this, and and how has it sort of been playing? Well, out? Well, what happened was I was urinating
2: blood through, you through the urine, you know, and then um I went and got it checked out, and they said it's just a, a bacterial infection, so they gave me antibiotics, but not the blood kept coming, so in the end I got up one day and said, you know what, I've got to go to the hospital to check this out fully, do all the tests and that. So they they said at the start it was a kidney stone, which it was, and they lasered that and got rid of that. Once the kidney stone was gone, they came back and said, in your urethra, we have found, um, what do they call it? Uh, We have found some um, anomalies, some lesions that are cancerous. So at that very moment, the first thing that happened was shock. Like, you know, you just, you've just gone into like, my oh God, what mm. are you talking about? They go, we need to remove it. It's an aggressive cancer. I go, mate. At that moment, he's talking to me, I just had to get my bearings, like. So, tomorrow morning at 6.30, I've got to fast tonight. I will be getting my kidney removed, My a little bit of my bladder, and the urethra um, on my left side will be removed. That will be taken to be a biopsy to check, to see if the cells have moved or what's happening. And then I will have to go into recovery, obviously, when those vitals come out. It'll be keyhole surgery, um, which is one good thing, I guess. But it means I'll be missing a kidney. I'm saying it with sort of laughter, but at the at the moment it's surreal like it's not you know when you when you get told these things you're thinking hang on a second he's kidding isn't he but it's no joke it's really happening Mm. um i've cried i've prayed i have cried i've prayed I've, i've laughed i've become what's it called bipolar i've um had every experience under the sun going through this lead up to what's coming tomorrow um, but the prayers have been ongoing to God, like just constant, because um, I don't want to die. I've got kids, and that's why it's I I, I want to live, like for them, because you know to father them and help them. <laughs> what I've been through, I'd never wish on anyone. So I, I need I want to be strong enough to be there for them. But if it's fate and God's will that he does take me, then I can't do anything about that. All I can do is just bide my time while I'm here and try to give as much education to them for what lies ahead for their futures. That's the, that's the hurt. If I was on my own now and I was going through this, yeah, I'd be depressed. But I'd take it, it'd be just another punch on top of millions of punches. But a major punch, but I'd be like, Well, I wanted this, didn't I? So you wrote, you asked for this. Here you go. There's your invitation to the resurrection, mate. You know what I mean? But um, but I don't the only reason I don't want this is because of my children, my wife. And now I've have things to live for. Before I had nothing really to live for. I felt, you know, like what did I have? I felt like what am yeah. There was no real purpose that I felt I had, and now, now it's, just now it's a hard, now it's, I'm
0: so sorry.
1: It's now it's calling me. Take it. Take your it moment, Paul.
0: Hmm. i'm so sorry paul
2: and now yeah and now it's like it's on and, you know you got all these people who just say yeah you got you'll beat it you'll beat it Be what mate what you can beat it Be what you can't beat anything that you don't know mate I don't understand that logic. You can beat this. Me, I can beat this. I don't even know what it is. How am I gonna beat it? You can't beat an illness. It's just if if you're lucky to be a survivor of an illness. You know, I beat cancer, I beat this. You know, all these big terms, like everything's about conquering. I conquered this, I did this. You can't do that with this because this is another force now has come upon me on top of the other force which they're both there together hand in hand laying down you know they're bombarding like ukraine's getting bombarded by russia like but inside me mm. yeah so that's it that's it. the sentimental part is the family issues you know yeah yeah like i don't want to see my kids see this you and, know, and... yeah yeah, but anyway it is what it is I don't mean to be like so Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. emotional but
1: no, mate. no take a moment this is the this truth is, this is this your world no mate. This is like,
2: there's nothing yeah, yeah
1: there's there's no lies here there's no lies there's um, and 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 sorry to, sorry to hear obviously the impact that this can have like on you like it's you know cancer is one of those things that's like still sometimes so foreign Mm -hmm. but so real it's it's one of those things that you kind of live through your life knowing that it exists um and that it can happen to any any one of us at any age even people in their 20s or even in their teens but you you we have this sense of invisibility about life that we all carry that like you know, we're we're gonna be up and running for about eighty yeah. years or ninety years, and so you'll sort it out later, and you and you delay things to later because, yeah. like, you just think you're invincible and, and that nothing will happen, right? Um, for for you, like, because you've lived an incredibly like healthy life, you know. Obviously, partying in your twenties or your teens, sure, but um, you obviously seem or you come across as someone who's very health conscious um the way you work out at least i've definitely definitely gazed across you know what the word uh, the, the, the you work out and, i put upon myself i've made that
2: like on myself that's yeah. through the guilt and that of life i punish yeah. myself when i'm in there but no one knows that that's why i go so hard like a threshing yeah. machine like it's not even to, to it's mm. not even for a health thing. it's like i persecute myself through that training that's what it really is like like this is i'm gonna the guilt i feel with the things i've done which isn't like i haven't killed anyone that, but the sensitivity of guilt i call it i punish myself through work, those workouts that's why i do yeah. it like that um I, I grind myself till there's nothing left like and that that's the relief yeah. The You know how they say you get endorphins? We do get endorphins after that. They're the endorphins that I get for that little little amount of time until once again you get the knock on the door and there it is. Hello, I'm back. Don't forget, sunshine. I'm still here. Mm. Yep, we know you. You're next to me. Yeah.
1: You know, that's what that is. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah even even for you paul i I just want to take um yeah yeah it's a very like i've got a lot of questions (laughs) um uh obviously i want to take a step back and just understand you know at what point did you get your diagnosis as well um from cancer when when did you hear about that it's only been like uh, the last two months i got my
2: diagnosis about a month ago Yeah right. Yeah right. And they've put a stent inside my um, urethra now for the blockage of these lesions, what lesions, whatever they're called, yep. not lesions, lesions, and yep. that unblocks it. So when you go to the toilet, which is constant, it makes you go to constantly go to the toilet, even involuntarily sometimes. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. Yeah, um, mm. it's really bothersome having this thing inside you. At the moment that's temporary that's going to go with the other organs that i said the kidney and that tomorrow um now the success rate is what it is like you know i don't know like it's whatever will happen will happen from there on like i'm starting to feel yeah. better now about mm. talking
0: about it yeah.
2: but it's a very scary thing you know how scary it is man
0: can't even imagine it's
2: like so scary especially when you're alone you want to keep yourself busy doing things so that way you're not consumed by it because it, you're already consumed by the other things the other things have gone to the wayside mind you through this. this is another thing the depression and all that has gone to the side a little bit and made room for this beast this beast has completely mm. overpowered the other one he's just come out of nowhere like a like a like a juggernaut you know a juggernaut that
0: just yeah
2: that moralizes everything that's how this one feels this is a mountain and a half because you don't even know what to do you can't do Mm -hmm. anything the doctors have to do it and hope
0: that you know things work
2: so you just gotta wait it's a waiting game yeah i I can't imagine how it
0: must feel from your yeah i can't imagine how it must feel from your perspective as well not having that control I think it's just about not having that control over what happens sort of in the, in the future. It's in kind of someone else's hands. I, I can't imagine, you know, how, it, how that must is. sort of feel for you. It is.
2: That's why guys, you're young, you're fresh. And saying it from a guy who's older, like, cause I'm 51, um, mm-hmm. saying it to you guys as just a pointer is you you're both very articulate as well and very intelligent and well learned i can tell like you can pick these things up mm. and they they can be advantages and disadvantages when you're when you're very educated you you can philosophize a lot of things that's another thing the more we read the more we learn the more we burn mm. in a sense you know what i mean when you when you're over educated yeah. yeah. your philosophies can cause you to, into a dilemma. You know, it's simple people seem to be more akin to living a normal life. Like, you know, their face is higher, point. they're more what um, balanced, more educated mm. people are very um, inquisitive and they're like I am, yeah. like I know I was, we, we've, we delve deep into things Mm. you know asking why yeah Yeah. do you know what i mean we're always delving and and one thing is we wrestle with our thoughts by delving like why this this and that when there's no real answer but we still do it it's a it's accustomed Mm. to who we are Mm. yeah and that's how i think it is yeah that's yeah always thinking 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 imagine how many um brain cells we've burned through these thoughts i know i'm always thinking i don't know about you guys are you in constant thought
0: 100 percent. absolutely I, i think even yeah i can definitely say for myself that i think even overthinking is something that i'm i'm definitely guilty of constantly asking why to things i think that's something that i always find myself asking like why is this the case and I think from those simple questions of asking why, I mean, that can cause a lot of different complexities within within your own mindset. It can it can cause confusion. I think often I also find myself that I need to have the answer to things. Um, mm-hmm. it, it not having the answer to things does d- gives me anxiety. It gives me a lack of control uh, or the, that kind of fear of unknown. And that's something that upon introspection and upon kind of reflection over you know months years about myself i grapple with that that key question i think that that for me is is so and i think that that question of why for you um i would love to ask you paul has that question come up has that question sort of reoccurred with or sat with you over the over the last couple months since you've got that diagnosis i mean maybe I'm not really answer- I'm not really phrasing this qu- this question as articulately as I would love to as I would like to, but w- what have you learnt about yourself over the last sort of couple months, and have you noticed a shift in mindset in yourself?
2: Yes, definitely. yep, it's made me more um accepting of heaps of things. like um uh, it's made me even it's made me actually a better person be in a short amount of time, even better it's made me triple more caring for others. It's I don't know it's just it, it has it's changed me I'm serious in the last it's only been like what well, like a month of since when it was actually given me the um, actual diagnosis and that it's really changed me. like I go out of my way way more now. Like I used to go tomorrow I'll do it a lot more. Because if you've only got a certain period, let's just say of life, let's just put in a hypothetical sense. At least you want to leave a good mark, you know? You you want to try your hardest to help as many people as you can, with What with as minor the help as it is, whatever it is, you know, you've got to try, you know? It makes you do that. So it hasn't made me contained, I'll say that. It has not contained me in the, in the form of, oh, I'm just going to sit in my room and look at the walls, no it's just made me appreciate more things. But it, with that, you look at your kids, it's the children, you look at them and you sort of stand back and it's like say how God would look at my at, at children. Like, you know, they're just like, if I'm not there, will I be able to see them or like look at them? They're helpless still. They're going through the growing stages, you know, like how we did. You know what i mean that's that's what it is but yeah it, it has made me a better even better person um like we're all got three i've got trillions of faults i've made trillions of mistakes can't name them but it it has helped me and and to be totally honest i'm not fearful of death that's one thing i can i can honestly say i'm not scared of death i i but it just, when I wanted death, it wasn't there. And now that I don't want death, it's there. Like, it, that's mm. that's the crux, the conundrum, we'll call it. You know what I mean? I wanted to die heaps of times. Like, I want my life to end. I can't battle anymore through these sagas of the head, um, through the doctors and the psychiatrists and the medicines and all these Band-Aid solutions. I wanted to go. But now there's reason to live. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? It's ironic. It's yeah. <laughs> mm. I don't even have answers for this sort of stuff. Man, what are you going to do? Like one minute you want
1: it, give me death, and the next minute, please don't. Like it's yeah. so weird. Yeah. yeah. Those those moments, to, uh, Paul. Like you mentioned, you've battled with a black dog. Oh. Um before are you able to share sort of those moments in your life because um, you know you've come across you know on the other end and you know you've got purpose right through your wife and through your kids and yeah. that gives you some some hope but obviously you speaking it it sounds like those pieces to the puzzle weren't there as strongly maybe perhaps um as you were going through um the black dog and and ruminating in your own mind what were those moments like for you, because you've you've talked about it a couple of times. Well, oh, very dark.
2: It's like a very dark place. It's like you do self-destructive things. Like you'll you'll drink yourself to oblivion. Um, you will take you will take things to try to uh, how can I say it, to suppress the to suppress reality. That's the word. People who become addicted to to whatever they become addicted to, to their addictions it's to suppress to suppress the reality of what they're feeling. Um, I've, I've I've been in some very big, big dark places, that very dark actually, um, and I've met some very dark people in these dark places. Uh, but there's but. There was i don't know it's just yeah my experiences it's like you know how a cat has nine lives i've had that mm. i've tested the boundaries so many times with reckless behavior because of who cares there was no value i had no value for my life i didn't care about what happens to me um and that's how dark it would get like like after i oh, won't uh oh, I could tell you some things, but you would not believe it. You you just wouldn't believe it. It's hard. To, it's impossible to believe someone could do that, and be alive talking mm-hmm. to you here.
1: Are you able to share any of those? Well, settings? I'll
2: tell you. I'll tell you yeah. one. One time, I had forty beers in the day, and I swam out with fins. I had fins to the middle of Port Phillip Bay from Mount Martha to the shipping channel it was a 2k swim i had gone with friends they had to notify the sea and rescue services and i was just 40 beers and i and i did not care if i drowned or what happened i didn't drown i was just Hmm. frolicking in that water it was dark blue like i remember it was like anything could have been under me i was just going under up like a whale and it it took about three hours to get to the middle of where it was and another yeah. three hours to get back. But that was after 40 beers. But that's not normal. Mm. I've drunken myself. Ten, I've gone on 10-day vendors where you wake up and the first thing you do is drink for the whole day. You don't eat for 10 days. You just drink and drink and drink and drink and you end up everywhere. You end up anywhere. You end up knocking on people's doors at three in the morning. Is your dad got any liquor that I can have to keep the volume of of that intoxication up? Um, mm. I won't even go. That's just a, a fragment, a fingernail of some of the things I've walked on the Westgate Bridge before they had the suicidal shelters. It used to be just a railing. I've walked on that, drunk. Yeah. All it would have taken was one step, and I would have been dead. Just the winter come. Mm. I've, I've walked it on the very top. We stopped our cars, got out, and this is back that before they built the suicidal arcs. And it was just a railing. And I walked along that railing like it was nothing. Like if I go, I go. Like who cares? Yeah. Uh, like things like that. Like that. That's just a, a, a snippet of just some of the, yeah. the
0: just the, the lack of love that I had for me yeah i i, I wanted to say thank yeah, at least, yeah thank you thank, thank you for sharing that and i i <laughs> know you're uh, both thinking what what a no psychic. no, no yeah. ab- absolutely and it's a very re- i think what you said it's it's real i mean it's it's, it's real and, if, and this affects people and um i, I want to be very uh, careful with the way that i asked this question and, um i feel like i can't ask this question because just you've been so open and and trust and trustworthy. yeah um often these like, you know these actions um are symptoms of a of a core kind of problem and that core problem can be sort of instigated by particular events in in your life are you maybe able to articulate if you're comfortable what was yeah, yeah. leading to these symptoms and leading to these um these actions yeah. i
2: reckon I, I broke up with a lot when i had girlfriends i loved them to death right but they'd always leave me in the end because they'd see these things, they couldn't cope. How can you be with someone who's doing things like that? Once they'd leave, the self-worth would just go plummeting, that's it, I'm not good for anything. Next one would come along, same thing, just repeated cycles. Never hurt them or anything, but they'd see all these actions. They'd be perplexed, you know, like there's there's a border, mate, like, mate, I can't take this guy to meet my family. Mm. So that would just make me worse and worse and worse, and it just got progressive, 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 till I met my wife, and things changed. Mm. Like she helped me a lot. She actually yeah. accepted what I was, and I changed. I stopped everything. Like yeah. everything, I just stopped completely, mm. and changed my whole life around. Yeah, and had kids, and I never showed. I've never been drunk ever since I've had my first. Oh, well, I did once with just, it's been 15 years of sobriety now. Just like that, I said, no, they've never seen this. I don't care. I'm never gonna let them see this side of me, not this. No. But it had to do with, yeah, getting, getting let down by these loves of my life, let's say. But now when I put it into perspective, of course they're not gonna love you, who would? You're high management, mate. You're a, you're a nutcase. You're not going to be with you. Like, now I understand why. Mm-hmm. And I can only, yeah, I'd be ruined when they mm-hmm. leave me because they were my security. Mm-hmm. They gave me that hope of, like, you know, my self-worth, let's say. You know when someone loves you, you feel like you've got that anchor that holds you down, keeps you stable, but you're still doing reckless things, you know? But you got the anchor. Yeah. The anchor. Once the anchor departed from the seabed, mate, the ship was running ship again. Was running. Without yeah. no one to sail it, and that's me. You know, a ship without a rudder, wherever it goes, nobody knows. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So that that
0: was definitely impacting on me. Yeah. Yeah. And and in those moments as well, um, Paul, what? would rationalize your those actions what what would you say to yourself in those moments like what would you what would be going through your head at that time
2: oh you wouldn't nothing it's like being um how can i put it it's like being in the in a purple haze like um hendrix saying it that's yeah it's a haze you don't even know it's just like it's like you're in a dream but you're not in a dream you're 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 awakened you're walking you're coherent in I mean you're you, you're coherent and your mechanisms are working your legs and all that but you're just in a haze you just you don't even think of risk you're just doing it the risk you not you at the time you're doing it you can't even you can't rationalize the thought it's that spontaneous it's like bang that's it you're doing it whatever you're doing whatever rub um, Idiotacy, you decide to do, you're doing it. There's no rational thinking with it. It's whatever's there at the time, you're going to, that's what it is. It is that, exactly that. You can't rationalize it. And then the next day, when you'd find out, your, pe- your mates would tell you, called, oh, mate, that was the worst. That's when the guilt would start. Mm. Like, even worse than being in that state. Like, or after the benders and they say, do you remember doing this and this and this? And you, you couldn't remember everything, but you could remember. And then you'd be in a more, so you'd become more and levels of, the the levels of depression would just keep plummeting to the deepest depths, the guilt. Oh, I didn't, did I know, you know, but then you'd repeat the process again. This is what I could never understand. Why couldn't I stop it then? But I stopped it straight away when I got married and had kids, I had my first child. Yeah. The conviction was way stronger. It gave see. That's what it must have been. Yeah. The purpose of not letting them see that. I mean, I got married. But I never thought I'd get married. I never thought I'd have kids. Never. Yeah. That
1: was, that's yeah. unheard of. Very yeah. beautifully put. Even like for you, what what did help look like for you? Because I've always been so fascinated by addiction. It's been something that's gone through in my family line. Um, and I've seen it firsthand as well. Like you mentioned that sense of conviction when, you know, you got married and, and had your first child. But what did help yeah. look like even before that point? Maybe if that didn't really exist, what was it How? that your wife help exactly yeah like um whether it be mate like you know were there mates that that often heard you out um it's never mates mates the mates i was if i had
2: real mates they would have helped me they would have said look mate you got a problem not you know let's let's write the you know tabloids about what you did so we can be entertained they weren't mates um what helped me i'll tell you what helped me what helped me was the fact that something i never believed would happen in my life happened getting married and children two things that i thought could never happen to me no way am i going to be around for this and it happened it was a miracle that's what helped me more than anything and um And then I started loving myself because I got married and my wife showed me love. She became my wife, so she accepted me forever, as you do in a marriage usually. And and all the past hurt and pain of people rejecting me, finally someone had accepted me and brought children with me and had that faith in me, could see what the others couldn't see. Hmm. The others gave up, like which I don't blame them at all, to be honest. They were not wrong. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, that's what helped me. And for you, uh, obviously, you mentioned those mates that weren't mates. What was the process of sort of letting go? Uh, The
2: process was when I got married and I had kids and that. I started to shun them, like, they weren't important anymore. They were, a, they were a crutch of security too, but they weren't. They were the sheep in, uh, they were the wolves in sheep's clothing. They loved it. They, you know why they loved it? They loved it so they could feel better about themselves because I was in a worse position. That's what they enjoyed about it. I know why they liked it. They liked it because even though they didn't do what I did, and made them feel better about seeing someone that crippled. You know, I can feel better about myself because I'm not like that mm. when I drink or whatever I do. You know, I know what they were about. I've addressed it to them. I've said it, I know, I've, I've even said it to them. Like, you never helped me, mate. You never gave me that support. You never said, look, mate, you need to get help for this. That's what a friend is. Mm. not. Getting me more drinks and getting me more high and and things, mm. you know. I needed help. This was really bad. They would say it. It's crazy. They'd say, "Oh man, you're crazy. You're mad." And that thing and that's pumping up my tyres. No, that wasn't giving me air. That was making me worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So could yeah, I... I just let them go. I let them go. Because could I, I could address I... It though? Mm. Yeah, could I ask, I'm, how, did I'm you, how did you address open like
2: it? I'm very that too. I'm confronting yeah. when I have to be, I don't care. Like I'll say it exactly, if someone does me wrong, I'll just say, listen, you've done me wrong, mate, and this is why, and sorry, just like that. I'm not afraid of that either. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: and yeah, that's it. Could I, could I ask, like, how did you address it with these mates? Because often we have a lot of friends in all of our lives that we know that aren't always there for us, and maybe, just there for us when the good moments roll. um yeah i know i've certainly been in that position before but how do you how do you because it's so hard to let go of um you know sometimes you've just got friends that you've got really long um history with i guess um yeah Yeah. but i think there's yeah i yeah i'm just curious how 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 did you address it like yeah and how did yeah like there's a confidence in yourself and the self assuredness in yourself to to bring it up and, yeah, and like, not I, be I a just, yes man. No,
2: I'm not a yes man. It's just like this. I just said, Look, mate, listen to me. Like I'd say, like you have not you've not been there for me. Look at me what where I was and look at me where I am now. I don't even know what you're thinking about me. Are you happy to see me in this situation? or you are you are you uh, marvelling or are you um are you like judas like seeing me you were like you were like judas to like you know um you betrayed me like in terms of you betrayed my life in terms of helping me how could i call you a mate mate you, i don't i don't hate you i love you still but just think of your qualities and think of the pain i've been through think of the times i cried to you think of the times i I needed an ear, and you did lend me your an ear, but what ear did you lend me? What did you lend me? You lent me the ear of I'm enjoying this conversation because you're suffering no no, they'd say they'd say and I'd say, listen mate you look we're old enough now to you know let's let we are old enough now to have a diplomatic talk and to be re and to have reason in that talk so this is how it is. And I'm going to tell you what I feel. And if you don't ring me again, that's fine, mate. That is fine. But I'll still ring you to see how you are. Because I love you, but I just did not respect what you did in that situation for me. And I'll always love you. Don't forget that, I'd say. Because I do still love them, but I just said you didn't help me. But when if you needed someone, you know I'd jump in there for you. I had everyone's back. Who's the one that's going to run for everyone? Me. I was the one. I was the one in front leading the attacks if they were in trouble, but no one gave me a helping hand. Mm. Yeah, so I just told them, look, like, this is how it is. And that's it. And then I segregate. I didn't ring them anymore. I dropped numbers. That was it. And if I ran into them and be, hi, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. So, a yeah, small talk, just uh, the usual. And then, so you know, like, It's always about the small talk. Yeah, how are you? How's things going? Yeah, how am I, mate? I'm good. Mm. I'm exactly like you. I'm fighting life, you know. That's it. It was nothing. But I still love them. Don't make no mistake, because I shared good moments with them too. We all grew up as kids, you know. We shared the same, let's call it the same play lunch. Mm. At lunchtime, you know, once upon a time you shared that play lunch in the sand pits of primary school, Mm. and then as the world came upon you, you got to see different things and veered into different directions. Yeah, we used to hold hands in primary school with with people. Now, if you saw them, you wouldn't even say hello to them. Well, I would, but most don't. You believe Mm. that? Mm. You but we used to do that. We did back in they hold hands. Everyone grade two.
0: Yeah. Now, if you see that
2: person, oh my God! Like, did I? You know what I'm
0: making?
2: <laughs> <out>? <laughs> the ethics yeah. of love.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love how you've just. I love how you describe that. And it's and particularly going back onto your, and you found the love of your life, and how the love in your life, um, and the creation of your new children, and how that, led to where you are today. And um, um, I do want to ask another question around. I guess yeah. your life now. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about the past and we we also have spoken about your diagnosis as well. (sighs) Multiple questions and I I, I definitely have not articulated this the way that I had planned it in my head. (laughs) But um, I I guess, number one, what do the next kind of couple of months look like for you? And what philosophy will you be adopting over the next sort of couple of months? Well, the next couple of months,
2: like, like you're saying is anyone's guess, but if let's say the recovery went well and everything went well, that would be a miracle first of all. I'd be very grateful. The next few months would definitely be uh, just to be more sedated in like, uh, no, 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 sorry, a bit more. I'd definitely take it a step backwards in life instead of running, um, chasing. Like, let's say, goals and things. I won't chase goals in that. I'll let the goals happen if they happen. I'll go along. Like, see how I met Sunny. Mm. Things happen just like that. We never knew. With me, mm. you never knew you'd be speaking to someone like me. We've never seen each other. On, but it happened. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk yeah. and let everyday worry about itself. Like the day, I mean, but I'm going to walk the day and things like this will happen and then doors will open. And if doors open that are good for me, I'm going to walk in those doors. If doors are not good for me, well, I won't even attempt to open them. And that's how I'm going to take every day. Mm. The doors that are open and they're nice and inviting and you can tell now, if I haven't got the concept now, I might as well, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, that's what I'll do. Um, look like yeah. you just don't know look how it happened it can't be this is fate these things don't just happen look well, I'm on your podcast I've told you the absolute God swearing truth about everything I've not I've not done and I won't and it's up to you how you go away thinking about it I don't care because I don't live in your head and you don't live in mine so whatever mm-hmm. anyone thinks of me I couldn't care less Go away and ponder, stress yourself on those thoughts. I'm still going to go now and do what i got to do. You know what I mean? Go and do whatever. Like, that's how you got to look at it, guys. Whatever they're thinking, good on you, mate. Waste your strength on it because I'm going this way and that's all it is. You can't touch me. Yeah. But fate, like I said, see how we met in a sauna, from a sauna to a podcast to tears to cancer so all these these things have all come. How you'd never, not even a crystal ball would have said this to you, shown you this. A seer would not yeah. be able to tell you this. You know, a mystic, whatever they're yeah. called. I don't know. You know what I mean? But we're friends. Mm. Like we've yeah. made friends yeah. over over a real issue that's affecting everyone. We hold yeah. the flag for that We're the, we've got to raise that flag guys and we've just got to mm. say it how it is do not be afraid mm. to speak what's real because that's where we've all
1: failed mm. to say what's real and we hide things even even for you paul like uh, you know fingers crossed everything goes well with the keyhole surgery and and the recovery is looking good are there, uh, you know i want to ask like what would you change going forward Given given these given these things that you've learned about yourself, like this acceptance and um, sort of the process of introspection, not only in the last two months, but what has been the better half of the last fifteen or sixteen years for you, um, you've kind of like again faced death when you least expected it. I'm going to
2: appreciate a lot more things than what I didn't. Like I'm never going to whinge about the weather and things like that again. That's one thing. All these little nitty gritty mm. things. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop pestering my kids about it and that. Yeah. Like as I always give it to them, how much <laughs> they're on the phones and that. All that's gonna stop. Um, well, that's stopped anyway. Now I've just given up on that. Mm. I don't. That, all the little things that have. Got, I'm just gonna. Ex, ex, yeah, they're gonna become extinct. Like um, the things that. I took for granted I'm not anymore. Everything. Drinking tap water, even. Mm. Like any everything. Like we've got everything, mate. We've got air conditioned cars today if we want to go for a drive and not get hot. Yeah. Everything we've taken for granted because we live in the first world. Uh, and I I'm just and I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be I'm not gonna be prone to like um just just, I'm just not going to take things for granted, anything. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. And I know I've taken things for granted, just like everyone has, but just the little things that don't matter, um, that shouldn't matter, have mattered, they're not going to matter anymore. Mm. They're not, it's not worth it. It's too short, man. We're a mist that appears and disappears after a little while. Mm. We're just a vapour, really. It's just a stepping stone. How long does life really go for, man, before it's all over? You know, when you're on your, you could be the richest man in the world, like everyone knows this, but nothing's going to come with you. Not even your wristwatch, not even Mm. your bones Mm. will come with you. They'll stay in place. What comes? Your soul. I believe the soul lives on. I definitely believe that. That's a purpose I believe in. And I'm very convicted to the truth of that. Because if I was just born to live in this existence, then it doesn't make sense. Like there's got to be bigger than this. After this, there's something greater than this waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Where there'll be none of this. No, no pain. This is a stepping stone. This is the trial, I believe, to the next. Yeah. To the next awakening.
0: Often, yeah. Often people see. I think one of, a a very common like religious belief is they see life as a test, and this is this is a test. This is the test for all of us. I think
2: it yeah. is. It's the test, and we all fail that test, right? We fail, but we don't fail. It's a goodness. You got to have goodness. Mm. If you you can have everything, if you don't have love, there's no point in living. Yeah, yeah. Love is something. It's like a gene. It's a sprinter who's given fast twitch fibers. Mm compared to someone who hasn't, the sprinter's got that given to him. Love is something that has to, it has to abound in you. Through love, you can do anything Yeah. for anyone and yourself. But it has to start with yourself first before you can invest in other people. You know what I mean? You have to love yourself like the person you are. And I'm slowly doing that. And now this comes along, you know what I mean? They're gonna be removing kidneys and that tomorrow. Yeah. And now, you know, here but I still, I love, I'm starting to love who I am, mm. which I never did. I hated who I was, I, I just despised the fact I was even born, but I do love who I am. And that's one thing, yep, going forward, I'm gonna to continue to work on. I don't mean my looks and that, I mean the inner self. Mm. I'm I, That's what I'm gonna work on. Because once you learn how to love yourself, You can make everything change anywhere. And you know what it is? It's these politicians and that that have ingrained these other ideologies inside us when we're just... The people know what we want. We Mm. all want the same thing. We all want peace. We all want love. We all want happiness. Even the worst want it. The worst, I mean, like criminals want... Everyone wants love. Love. Everyone. Without that, we would just say love totally disappeared it would be hell yeah. on earth so even the worst serial killer wants love real love like substance mm. you know and love can change everything it's true mm. Mm. it's like i love you guys like it's true
1: yeah
2: that love is what we need yeah but it's hard you've got to you got to have it you've got to it's got to be something You can work on it, but you've got to sort of inherit it too. You've got to be born with that, like, you know, that compassion, Mm. you know. I never laughed at people hurting themselves or people who were overweight and things. I didn't look at that because I was obviously ostracized myself, you know, Mm. um, about being short and that. So I know how that feels to be
0: bullied and, you know, to have complexities. Everyone's different. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I think upon reflection, it, it love is one of those emotions which transcends time, space, um, in every dimension. I mean, if you if yeah. you if you think about, you know, we think about this idea of death. I mean, the, the moments leading up to death, all these emotions of fear, embarrassment, anger that all fades away when yeah. it comes when you when you when you're faced with death. I mean, the only thing that's left in your life at that moment is your love and affection that you have for your friends your family your children that's what's left and that's what and that kind of forms a fuel for your own legacy it's something that's left that, that that's the mark that we leave over here and on, on this earth yeah that's there's
1: i was gonna say i feel like there's a lot of weight a lot of weight to what you've said and also like as we as we get older as we get wiser at least what i'm realizing is that there's a lot of I guess maybe, maybe I don't know if this is the right way to explain it, but there's a lot of lies that are, exist in the world and it's about truth seeking and how do we continue to yeah. evolve and, and get older and wiser and realize that these lessons and these, um, um, phrases that we've been instilled from a young age aren't always the truth. For example, like money buys happiness. That's a very simple one, but you realize as you get older that there's much more that comes into the picture and I feel like there's so, I feel like there's so much more that is, like forgiveness, for example, forgiveness is actually the weight that you let off. It's not holding onto a grudge, you know, it's actually like forgiving. That's the actual truth. And and that's the, that maybe the lie we've been taught from a young age is just to hold the grudge and, you know, don't speak to the person or whatever it is. But mm. when you, when you, when you understand these truths about the world, and I feel like the, the um, majestic part about life is trying to unwrap all these that exist yeah, because i think absolutely. that's as you that's how you evolve and that's a testament to your character and that's a testament to your development mm. um as each year passes on by yeah. um and i thought i'll just add that Definitely. and it's similar to your point mate around, that's around exactly love, right. love transcending all barriers like yeah exactly don't know that growing up but you realize as you get older it does yeah
0: that's 100 percent. absolutely 100 percent Paul, it's been it's yeah. been it's been an awesome conversation. It's been an absolute honor and privilege getting to know you a lot better um, over the last hour, and I am so so incredibly fortunate that you two bumped into each other at the, in the sauna and had this <laughs> this incredible conversation. And I, I'm so glad that I could be part of it. So I just wanted to express my own gratitude for, for not only sharing your story but also allowing me to allowing Sonny and I to um, share to give to provide, to provide you a platform to share your own story, mate. It, it and it's it's a very unique position that we find ourselves in i mean we've spoken to cancer survivors beforehand um and the fact that we, we've got a very unique opportunity here where you haven't gone into the operating theater you're covering recovery process hasn't kicked off just yet and it, and it, it's uh, i'm so incredibly hopeful that there's a part two uh in in six months eight months time and we can look back at this conversation and and, and see and see where that kind of conversation mm-hmm. takes us so um I vouch for that l- l- love you Paul um, yeah I just want to say that, that, yeah, love that, that, that love you mate and um, that's something that will stay permanent from 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 both on your night yeah absolutely
2: yeah, my end too mate, Thanks, mate. Um, my end yeah, um, I'm very privileged and I'm very thankful that you took the time to actually invest in this um, conversation with thank me. you I've enjoyed it immensely and your podcast is going to go a long way you guys are doing a great job I've I've felt great, I've already felt the weight of what I've wanted to maybe mm. let go of in the last few weeks yep. come off. Just talking about this stuff. So I you know you're it. a champion, you know I love you, mate. <laughs> I love you, dude. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. <laughs> it goes two ways. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yes it does. And that's a wrap for this episode. If you're enjoying our conversations, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All the conversations are recorded in video, so check us out on Instagram and Facebook at our handle at bottled up Oz. Drop us a comment or a message if any of these conversations resonate with you, and most importantly, please share this podcast with anyone who might need it. So as always, this is Bottled Up. Thanks for being part of our family and see you next time.